Hello, hello, and welcome to another segment of Working the Dash with TK. This is a rejuvenating podcast, as today we will talk about how we will get rid of the clutter. Listen, spring is in the air. You can hear it in my voice. I have been attacked by pollen. You know that nasty stuff that sticks to your eyes, up in your nose, it's on your cars, it's everywhere. So listen, I just want you to know that regardless of how I sound, we're going to press through this podcast because I want you to know it's that time. Spring is in the air. The birds are chirping. It's just a happy time. The bees are buzzing. We see ants crawling around. We have changed our eating habits. Vibrant colors have taken over our workplaces and our churches. Sunshades are on. Arms are out. And we are ready to hit spring live. But as we hit spring, we need to know that clutter will not clog our springtime. We want to be revitalized, refreshed, rejuvenated. And a big part of that is ridding ourselves of the old and making space for what is fresh and so clean, clean. So one way we're going to do this today is we're going to learn how to, uh, to properly rid ourselves of clutter because this will clear our minds and it will clear our spaces. Let me tell you that decluttering is a spiritual thing. Um, it takes time, it takes focus, and it takes a certain level of discipline. What we must do first is pray and seek God for direction even in decluttering. He says in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path and that's even the path of decluttering. So we want to simply make sure that we are letting things go and that we are willing to let them go so that we can be free to reset and revitalize our lives. Jesus told the young rich ruler, he said, Hey, listen, if you want to know how to be a follower of me, if you want to know how to become one of my disciples, go sell your stuff and give to the poor. This is how you are my follower. And let me tell you something about that rich young ruler. In Matthew 10, I'm sorry, in Mark 10 and 21, uh, there are several accounts of this. Um, and there is one in Matthew. But in Mark 10 and 21, the rich young ruler, he was sad. He was so sad because he was asked to give his stuff to the poor. Jesus, in essence, was saying, if you want me to fill you up, you have to be willing to empty yourself out. So um, when we are clogged and when we're cluttered, we live with minimal operation. And I want that to set in your mind. When you live clogged and when you live cluttered, you live with minimal operation. And that's detrimental uh, to our growth and to our progress. So I want us to decide uh, if clutter is worth holding on to or is it worth letting go? These are three questions that I want you to ask yourself as we move into this podcast. Is this making my life easier? The clutter that you're looking at right now, everything that you have packed and said, hey, I'll get back to that, but I need it right now. Is that making your life any easier? Question number two, will releasing this give me more freedom? Freedom in time, freedom with my family, etc. And the last question I want to pose to you, does this item allow me to fulfill my purpose? Those are the things I want you to ask yourself as we move into the segment of decluttering. 
Many of you know that I also have a blog and a part of my blog was what I'm getting ready to talk about right now. And I want to open up and have a very transparent moment with you all. And I want to talk about my experience with decluttering because I did not understand how important it was until I actually experienced what I'm getting ready to talk to you as a very transparent and personal moment. So when I was away in college, my drive home was always exciting. Many of you who are in college right now know that um, even though you want to leave home so badly, it is so refreshing and so relieving. Um, It's such a relief when you can actually just get in your car and drive home. And so for me, as um, much as I wanted my own freedom and as much as I enjoyed being on my own, it was always an exciting time for me to drive home. I was always ready to reunite with my family and uh, couldn't wait to see my sisters, my mother and my father. And just one day when I drove home on this particular day, I ran in the house as usual, announced that I was at home and my mother said absolutely nothing to me. No hugs, no kisses, no girl, how's it going? She just said, Takitha, go unlock your trunk. Um, I was a bit baffled. I was. I did not question her because as you know, uh, we didn't grow up questioning our parents. We, I just said, okay. And I was a little off, you know, skelter about it. I, I was a little thrown off. But because my mother requested that, I did exactly what she told me to do. I obliged her and I went and I opened my trunk. Now listen, I want you to know what was in that trunk. I had backpacks, shoes, purses, mail, trash, lunch boxes, old lunch. I'm telling you applications. I was a waitress for 11 years. So I did part-time waitressing while I was in college. So I had aprons, church stuff, random paperwork, lunch that I had eaten, probably, you know, a little leftover stuff that I just thrown in the back of my car and from the back seat and went to the trunk. I had CDs, tapes, stocking shoes, anything I needed for church, anything I needed for, you know, just jumping in and out of the car, hair, you know, hair products, combs, brushes. My trunk was full to capacity as if I had someone living in that trunk space. So I literally found this is no exaggeration. My mother is a witness to this. We found $750 between organizers, notebooks, old wallets, and my purses that were that that was in this trunk. Now I'm going to work every single day. And as you know, when you're away in college, you're looking for any spare change. I had $750 in my trunk. We had that in cash, in hand, old checks that people had just kind of given me here and there never cashed. I I had all kinds of stuff, credit card applications. When I tell you my trunk was full, but I was not embarrassed because, Hey, it was just my mama. It was my mama in my trunk. And I slick hope that, you know, Hey, if mama's in this trunk, she can help me get this trunk cleaned out. So I really didn't care about what I had in my trunk. I didn't even care that it was full to capacity. I knew that my mother would at least offer if she didn't do it all she was going to offer to help me my mother you all she didn't say a word to me she didn't say anything to me she quietly walked over got the big green trash can from waste management drug it over to my trunk 
and she started cleaning out my trunk and very calmly began to speak to me about the clutter she saw in my trunk. That junk in my trunk had her say these words to me. My mother said, by the look of this trunk, your smile means absolutely nothing to me. Something in your life is suffering. I can tell because junk does not reside in this type of uh, disorganization and you're happy. She continued to tell me that that clutter represented bad grades. She told me that I was not doing well on my job. I was going in to work late. I had to have been failing in my bank account and in my personal affairs. And I can tell you right now, my mother told me at that moment, you need to get your life back on track because based on your trunk, your trunk is telling me your life story. Y'all listen, when I heard her say these words, I don't know how she knew, but miles down the road, I was so embarrassed and, and, and just, I was just so downtrodden in my spirit because I knew what my dorm room looked like. Um, and I didn't have an ordinary dorm. I had a suite. So I had my own living quarters. I did not have to share anything, not even a kitchen or a bathroom with anyone. I had my own suite and I knew what was underneath my bed. I knew what was in my closet. Both areas looked exactly like my trunk. I can tell you my bank account was negative, but hey, I was working every day. I was a waitress. I had cash on hand. I just told y'all I found $750 in my trunk. So money was not an issue for me ever, but my bank account and my personal affairs were not in order. Um, And so this junk in my trunk represented other cluttered areas in my life and what my mother did not know is at that time I was experiencing a very very deep depression I was suffering in silence I I had things going on in my life because I was trying to be the church girl that I was that I grew up as but I didn't understand the call on my life I didn't understand this anointing that had rested upon me I didn't know what to really do with it because at the time I wanted to be a regular college kid. I didn't want to do the whole church thing. So what did I do? Uh, My mother did not know this when she told me, but I had already had a tattoo placed at the upper left arm um, on my upper left side of my arm. I had went and got a tattoo. I had became a model for a very prestigious agency in Denver, Colorado. And um, I was modeling for the very popular drink that had come out. It was hypnotic. And I know some of you may know it was a little blue drink. I was working at a club every Friday night. And I'm going to tell you all, when they handed us our uniform that we would be wearing, it was a halter top and some shorts that like literally when you put them on, your cheeks were hanging out. I pleaded with the agency and I, and I cried and I cried and I said, I cannot wear this. I don't feel comfortable in it, but I really want this gig. I want to be, because I'm telling you y'all, they were paying me about $45 just to model per hour for that particular drink, um, with this agency. And you know, $45 an hour 
to an 18, 19 year old, um, 22 year old. That's, that's quite a bit of money. Plus I had my own money because I was waitressing. I was working here and there. I was working on campus. Again, money was no object for me. So I was enjoying life and, but I knew that, that, you know, that lifestyle was not for me. However, because I was told that I could actually make it in the industry of modeling, I did it. I tried it. And I mean, so I was having fun, but feeling extremely uncomfortable. My mother did not know that the junk in one area told her everything that was going on in my life. And so even though I was able to model, even though I had what would look like a really cool lifestyle at that age during that time frame, I really was going through a very, very deep depression. So um, that night, I'm telling you, I, I had a come to Jesus meeting with myself. Um, it was about two o'clock in the morning. Everyone was asleep. Um, in the house, I went all the way down in the basement. And again, I, I literally, I felt like Jonah, um, in the belly of the well, I, I call him the well. I know the Bible says big fish, but for sake of this conversation, it's the well, I was in a personal hell and from the depths of that personal hell, I cried. I was in that basement. I was in a corner. No one could hear me. I was crying inside of a pillow and I was just weeping to myself when all of the sudden I heard these footsteps coming down the stairs and I heard them um, coming from the upper staircase first and then I heard the basement door crack open and I heard footsteps coming down those stairs. When I look up, guess who it is? You guessed it, right? It's my mother. And my mother said to me, she said, Takitha, I was just dreaming a dream. And it was as if you were in a whirlwind, but your hand was up. You were hollering for help. You were saying, help me, help me. Your hand was up, but it was like you were in this whirlwind. And she said, it's because of how that trunk looks that I know you're crying out for help. And I just fell in my mother's arms. I fell into what I felt like was at that time, her grace, um, God's grace being represented by my mother. And I just began to tell her that my bills were behind. I began to tell her, I, I don't know how to talk to credit card companies because, hey, listen, when you're away in college, they give you all these credit cards with this little t-shirt. They tell you, hey, come and get this credit card. Here's a little Snickers bar for you. They don't tell you you have to pay them back. So guess what? I had credit card debt out of my ears. I didn't know how to tell anyone because, I mean, hey, I was driving what I considered a great vehicle. Um, I was living on top of the world. Instead of me changing clothes in my dorm room, um, if I wanted to go to church in something new and I was already out, I would just go to the mall, change my clothes, buy something, change my clothes there and go to where I'm going. I had no care in the world and it was costing me uh, my life at that point in time. So that's a very personal moment for for me. And I want to tell you at that moment in time. Now, I felt like my mother was some type of uh, alien type being from another planet, because how in the world would she know 
exactly what I was going through. I had never discussed it with her. I had not discussed it with anyone else. So the only person who could have revealed to her what was truly going on in my life was that of the Holy Ghost. And so I do thank God for a praying mother, a praying father, and that they are filled with the Holy Ghost and that they allowed at that time the Holy Ghost to reveal to me what was going on in my life. And I tell you, that was the day I turned my life around. That was the day that I said, I need to get my life together and do believe I went home with a great feeling because, hey, my trunk was cleaned out. And so I knew that um, with this clean trunk, um, I did not want to go back to where that was. So I went immediately when I got home, I went um, inside of my closet. I started cleaning up everything. And I mean, I color coordinated. I did everything that I needed to do because I did not want to uh, suffer any longer. And I am so grateful for that moment. So today I am encouraging you to declutter areas of your life because there is a freedom in decluttering. Uh, from the highly acclaimed book entitled Getting Rid of the Stuff That Clutters Your Life, author Lady May Blake records that Americans spend 9 million hours, y'all, looking for misplaced items due to clutter. Now tell me, what could you do with those hours that you're looking for stuff? <laughs> I'm telling you what, if I could get some of those hours back, I think I would be just a tad bit further in life than what I am right now. But think about that. That is amazing to me. Nine million hours combined just looking for lost stuff because it's under clutter. Listen, we are going to make a vow today that we're not just going to tighten up, but that we're going to tidy up. When you declutter, it makes it easy to think. So people let it go. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. My husband tells me all the time that I'm a pack rat because I'm always holding on to stuff with this notion that I am definitely, definitely going to need it. And he's always saying, TK, you don't need that. You ain't going to put it back, put my stuff down. I need my stuff. Put it back in my drawer. Put it back in my bin. Put it back in the garage. Please don't throw my stuff away because I know, I know I'm going to need it. I know I'm going to use it. And guess what? Six years passed, never, never touched that stuff that he was already trying to throw away. And I know my husband has slick thrown away some stuff that I told him to not touch. But uh, anyway, we'll discuss that later. Um, but he fusses at me all the time. And, 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 and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to fuss at you. I'm going to give you the same speech he gives me. Let it go today. Somebody touch your neighbor in your preaching voice and tell them to let it go. Now, I've always said, okay, I'm going to declutter. I'm getting ready to throw all this stuff away. So don't think this is going to be easy because the absolute moment you decide that you're going to get rid of clutter, guess what? You're going to start cleaning up and you're going to see a dress from 1992 when you was fly and the bomb and you're going to say, child, I know this is a size four and I wear a 16 now, but I know I'm going to get back in this. Honey, let it go. Go get you something that looks similar to that in your size 
or just let 1992 be 1992 and let it go. Because you're not going to get back in that again. Let's just be real. Now, we may lose that weight. We, we may drop those pounds. Uh, we may declutter uh, for that scale. But let's be honest. We're not getting ready to wear that from 1992. So give it away. There are so many ways you can give your clothes away or you can make money by it. You can make money. I mean, I, I know that there are different consignment shops. They are uh, they have Plato's Closet that will take gently used items. Now, don't go in there thinking you're going to get top dollar for something that you bought 25 years ago. So don't go in there clowning with them people saying you paid $70 and they only trying to offer you 15. Well, okay. Take the $15 and give them the, the product. Okay. Okay. All right. So I just want you to know, we're going to let it go. We're going to make a vow and decree together. So I want you to say this with me. I'm going to let it go. So in case you didn't hear me, let's say it again. I'm going to let it go. I know it's improper English, but we're going to say it one more time. I'm going to let it go. So with that being said, I'm getting ready to jump off of this podcast, but I want to let you know, let's get organized, refreshed, rejuvenated, revitalized, and let's live clutter-free so we can operate at maximum potential and not minimal potential. Let's get rid of the clutter that clutters our lives so that we can always continue to operate in the spirit of excellence in which God has called our potential to operate. This has been another podcast episode with TK right here on Working the Dash. With TK, I will see you at another time.